You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Welcome to episode 43 of the EdTech Takeout, the podcast that serves up bite-sized technology tips for teachers. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and this is Mindy Carney. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I've uh, had a few days away in Florida. I know. How was it? It was good. Yeah. It was Florida. So, yeah. You know. What were you there for? I was there for the UDL IRN conference. It's quite a mouthful. Do you want to yeah clean up that acronym for us? It's uh, it was a conference a conference uh, dedicated to universal design for learning, mm-hmm. and it's going to fit in with some of the work we're doing around AIM and accessible materials for students. So it was good to go and get some background, and some learning. Yeah, and um, I did something different that I haven't done at other conferences. I thought I'd What's maybe that? share about. And yeah. well, one was packing lightly because oh. I was I flew I out on Wednesday. Yeah, I know you don't do that. But, well, I flew out Wednesday and came back Friday. Yeah, And I was like, well, it's like, how much stuff do I need to take? I can wear this one T-shirt for four days. Well, I didn't go quite that far, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I did do, though, is I did slim down my my tech that I took with me, and I just took an iPad, Mm -hmm. and I took all my notes with an Apple Pencil, which I thought was different and interesting. I used Notability and uh, put all my notes in there for the conference, and I quite enjoyed it actually yeah i don't write a lot of stuff down normally and i don't write much i type everything and put things in docs and stuff like that so um i might do that again sometime i felt like i could process a little bit easier when i wasn't typing i was Mm -hmm. writing and i was you know i i didn't branch out and do this too much but there was times where i actually you know doodled a little bit and drew something so wow look yeah at just you go. to explain something instead yeah. of taking a picture of it you can just like yeah. draw a quick table or draw yeah. some you know icons and things so mm, book it for you there you, you go outside the box huh trying to yeah yeah nice we'll see okay I might take a look at those. I'd love to see your doodles. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I could put those in the show notes. Oh, yeah, sure. Or maybe not. All right. So should we get on with it? Let's do it. Okay. So for news and follow-up today, Uh I would say our top, well, we've got two pretty big items, I would say. The first one is that the new Gmail is here. It is? Yeah. What do you think of it? Um... Well, we had kind of become inbox users, right? We did get yeah, converted that way. Yeah. Um, so they're very similar. And I like that now my Gmail has a keep and Google Calendar kind of, would you call it? It's not really an integration, but it allows you to pull in a pane view that of, kind of your sidebar. Yeah. yeah. I like that too. I think that's pretty cool. Although I haven't utilized it. I forget it's there. And then I saw it again this morning. I'm like, man, I need to look at my calendar, not in a new tab, but click the little button and pull it into my ca- into my Gmail. Yeah. So it's available for Gmail and for school Gmail accounts, Google yeah. accounts. Domains, and you just, yeah. You just click the little settings uh, gear icon in the top right hand corner and yep. you can select to try the new Gmail. Yeah. And so it's got a bunch of new stuff on there. Some of it came over from Inbox, like yeah. snoozing and yeah. stuff like that. But yep. um, it's here, and we'll include a link to all the new stuff. Yeah. 
you should definitely give it a try anyway because mm-hmm. i think you can go back to classic you can yes for now or you can go back to inbox or you can go back to inbox which yeah. is actually which i don't is, know i'm still in inbox right now and i'm yeah. just got gmail open in another tab sometimes to play yeah. with it and just yeah. experiment but i think it looks a lot nicer it does yes look well it looks I mean, a it, bit nicer yeah, yeah it's pretty much the same it just yeah really? some rounded edges here yeah right yeah <laughs> All right, so another sad announcement today. Like, this announcement totally made me sad because I used this so much when I was in the classroom, and that's that today's meet is going to the EdTech graveyard. Yes, it is. Yeah, June 16th is going away. Yeah. So, yeah, this has been around, I think they said it's been around for like 10 years or something. Yeah, is that right? right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't use it that long, but I used it a ton with my kids because it was so user-friendly and so simple to use, and we used it for all kinds of different things, and so I was super sad to see that it was going away. So Yeah, when I first saw it was going away, I thought my mind immediately went to, okay, it's another one of these free services that just, you know... They can't keep it running on free, yeah. basically. But they had Although, added a paid component to it. So, yeah, so they had that yeah. paid component. I assumed that that wasn't paying off very well, but it, apparently it's to do with, like, the new data privacy right. laws in yeah. Europe and stuff like yeah. that and what they're doing with COPPA and stuff like that here because they're keeping... They're being a lot stricter on, you know, collecting user data and stuff in Europe. There's this new thing called, is it GDPR? GDPR, yeah. right. Yes. And it is uh, new regulations in Europe that a lot of websites and apps and things are having to adapt to. Mm-hmm. And he just said it's going to be way too much work to right. try and, you know, bend it and make it shape and fit all that. Yeah. So it's going to go away. Yeah. But it was a great tool while it lasted. Yes, and if you're looking for alternatives, guess what? Richard Byrne has six alternatives yeah. for you to <laughs> of try, he does. and we can uh, link to those in the show notes. But sure. uh, it wouldn't be a episode of the EdTech Take <laughs> Takeout if we didn't say Richard Byrne's name. Yes, spit correct. it out, man! Spit it out. <laughs> Richard Byrne's got a podcast coming. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I guess that could be news and follow up oh, too. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to start middle of May. He said so. Yeah. Um, and Tony Vincent's coming on. And Tony Vincent's going to... Our friend Tony our Vincent friend. is coming on Richard's uh, podcast. So yeah. keep an eye out for that one. I think yeah, that'll we'll, be a popular one. Yeah, we'll definitely mention that when we see it come out. So you guys can follow along. Listen along, I should say. Mm-hmm. All right. What's this This next thing on our, your list here? I, I don't know anything about. So I read a story in, um, in Gadget. And okay. it's about a new addition to Google Arts and Culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we are fans of. Yes. And there's a company called um, SciArc okay. that has gone around a lot of these um, uh, monuments and historic locations around the world and scanned them with like 3D lasers and t- done drone aerial footage and all this kind of stuff okay. so that we have these um, you know historical records of some of these things on here. And I think it's kind of interesting because they talk about um, how in certain parts of the world now, like, you know, there was an earthquake in 2016 that destroyed some of these ancient temples or there's the whole ISIS thing where they're, you know, going around destroying monuments and Mm -hmm. things. And so they've got the records of these things now that, you know, we think about how fragile some of these things are. So they've added 25 of these um, historic um, locations from 18 different countries. And they're in uh, Google Arts and Culture, and you can view them on a a VR headset if you want, or you can um, just check them out on their site. So, um, Pages got an update? Yes. Yes. Now they have a teleprompter option within Pages. 
Yes. Yes. And um, basically, you have all your text inside of Pages, and you go into the menu and you choose presenter mode. Yeah. And it will turn your document into like a scrolling teleprompter. And you can adjust the speed, you can adjust the text size, you Mm -hmm. can adjust like the background colors and stuff. So, I mean, there are apps that do that and apps that do that well, but... Some of them are paid, though. Some of them are paid, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Parrot Teleprompter is one of my favorite ones for the iPad. But um, if you already have pages and you've got your kids working and typing in kind of a a document editor, then Mm -hmm. why not use it? Yeah. So um, I'm going to go to – there's checkboxes now in Google Sheets. Yeah. Tell us more about that. I don't know if I can <laughs> tell you much more about that, but there's checkboxes in Google Sheets, and people are excited. Yeah. You know, I um, was doing some work with some sheet. I don't even remember what I was doing anymore, and I was like, I really wish I could put checkboxes in here. Now, uh-huh. now they're here. I think Google heard you. They must have. But yeah. then I had to – I had to look up some formula and got it figured out a different way, but – Checkboxes would have been nice. Insert checkboxes. Yeah. Google Sheets. I'm going to have to play with that a little bit. Uh, I'll tell you what else is new. What's um, that? Chromebook tablets. Oh. Did you see those were coming no. out? So it's kind of like, obviously, like just a Chromebook, but uh, without the keyboard. And okay. Acer is making these now. I think probably it's some kind of experiment, but they're mm-hmm. 329 and they come with a stylus. And they just run Chrome OS. You can manage them just like Chromebooks. And uh, they'll nice. run all the Chrome apps and the web and Android apps and mm. everything like that. Trying so. to take on iPads, huh? I think they, maybe they are. Just going to yeah. have a little shot of that and see how that works. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's worth a try. I don't know try. if they'll catch on or not, but yeah. we'll see. Um, so I got an email from CoSpaces yesterday that they um, are sharing the release of an AR creation tool at ISTE. So... Cospaces right now is VR. Yes. And they now are going to be doing something with AR. So when we're at ISTE this summer, I'm going to have to try and get over to their booth and see what's going on. Yeah, I'm curious how that will all pan out. I'm not sure if they're going to integrate that with what they already have for their platform or if it's a separate platform or... It was kind of, it, it didn't really come out and say, it just said, come to our booth, of course, at yeah, SD, yeah. and we're going to show you what it's all about. So, so you're we'll, going to go to the booth. I will <laughs> go to the booth for sure um, and take a look to see. And I think we've talked about this before is that um, there seems to be some graying areas between VR and AR and what people mm. are calling their tool, but mm-hmm. they already have VR, so I, they must really be tackling this AR thing. I don't okay. Know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, last thing on the list is not 100% brand new, but um, it's right. definitely new. Right. Tell us about the updates to Scratch. So um, Scratch 3.0 is coming in August, although I do think I've seen some people have gotten a look at it and are demoing it and giving it a shot. Um, what I, I am... I think what? there is beta access. Yeah. And I haven't been in to take a look at it. However... What I am the most excited about is that now you will be able to create on tablets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably um, the neatest thing about it because before, obviously, you had to use some sort of computer, laptop, something, but um, now that students will be able to create on a tablet will be great. So they're adding some other things like different backdrops, new characters, sounds, um, just different ways to remix and manipulate the characters and um, music and sounds and things like that. But 
biggest that's, thing to me is tablets. And that's good because I think, you know, Scratch has been very popular as a yeah. coding tool for kids, but it's not changed all that much over the years, no, really, right. has it? It's been yep. very much, pretty much what MIT first uh, released with it. So Yeah. Oh, I did just see this, though. Mm-hmm. Will be translated and available in many different languages. Oh, that's good, too. Yeah. So Definitely. There we go. News and follow-up. What's a list? All right, so up next is our main course. We have our chief administrator from Grantwood AEA, Joe Crozier, with us today. And Joe, things are about to get real because did you know that HR actually has hired us to do your exit interview? Things are going to get real serious real quick. Is that what this was? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we uh, are at, kind of asked Joe to come and talk with us today because after this year, he is moving on to um, different endeavors. And so we kind of wanted to just sit and talk with him a little bit. We, um, I guess a little side note, have really appreciated working for you, Joe, and respect you tremendously and um, the work that you've done for us and um, for all of our students in school. So starting thank you for all you do for us well thank you it's been uh, it's been a great experience for me for seven years to work with such quality staff to do great things for kids in schools all right well let's uh kick it off here with our first question we we have a number of questions here and uh <laughs> some of them last night we we threw out on uh, twitter to anybody that might be interested in uh contributing questions so we have questions from listeners as well yeah Andy, so yep. that'll be fun yeah first one's from us though um which is about um, just the the history of, of our agency, at least since since you've been here, there's been a really um, high emphasis on supporting digital learning and innovative education practices. So you've you've made this a, a priority. It's been like one of our agency goals for for a long time now. What what was the the thinking behind that? Well, you know. I- when I first started in my education career as, a, as an administrator, I was an elementary principal and a director of technology at that time, which we wouldn't even think of doing today. That's that's an undoable job, but at mm-hmm. the time it, it worked. And but I, I seen the importance of the use of technology and and the implementation of that. And as, as we as then I left this the school district and, and went to the area education agency, it was clear that if we wanted to transform what was going on in schools, our staff had to really know what was going on. A staff member needed to be able to walk down the hall when a teacher asked a question and be able to answer it. Yeah. And that just lends itself to people getting comfortable with those tools. So um, that was one of the real reasons why back in you know my first year, I said we're going to put an iPad in every uh, <laughs> in, in, in every staff member's hands uh, to go out and, and do the work. And it was really it was more symbolic than it was about the iPad. It was symbolic that we're going to support the use of technology in the agency to help our staff get better, but also help our schools get better in dealing with kids around technology. So. I think it's been an important priority for us, and I think that we've uh, our our schools and kids have came a long way because of our support of it. Stacy still tells that story of uh, sitting at the all agency and hearing you say, "We're going to give an iPad to all of our direct service providers," <laughs> and she's like, oh, "This explodes. is going to be so much work for me." <laughs> yeah, but. Definitely, I, I've seen a big difference in you know the the way that we support our staff and encourage them to use technology. I think they, they couldn't do their jobs any other way these days. I think it's made such a big difference for them and for the kids they serve. Yeah, yeah right for sure. So digital learning has changed throughout your career, even mine. Um, so how have you seen systems kind of adapt to those changes? Well, you know, you, you, I think back of the things that we had when I was back to to a. a 
uh, technology director that don't even exist now. We don't even use them now. We have to understand that we're going to invest in things and technology that are going to become obsolete yeah. pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And that's a, sometimes really hard for us to get past this. Now, think about it. Seven years ago, the iPad was a great solution. Mm-hmm. Today, the iPad may not be the best solution to put in the hands of 350 staff members. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's still a solution for certain people, like our speech pathologists and the work that they're doing with kids every day. Mm-hmm. That's a great solution. But for others, it may not be, and we have to get past it. We can't be a one-size-fits-all. So um, we just have to know it's, it's, it's always evolving. It's always changing. Get used to it that you're going to spend some money on stuff that you're going to say, geez, we didn't really hardly use that, and now it's, nobody's using it anymore. And I think most important is that teachers, administrators, our staff have to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. You can't think that I, I learned it all in that class, so now I don't need to learn the next thing. And, you know, I always am encouraging uh, teachers and administrators to have our staff come out and help them with, with new skills around apps that make them more efficient, how to use a certain app, how to practice with stuff, because everything in technology, I think, can make you more efficient, but there's so much. And you got to pick out what pieces are really going to help you uh, as a teacher to be more efficient with kids or to help kids produce stuff or just in our own jobs. How are we going to how are we going to use that to make us a better employee or a better servant for people? So do you have examples of like um, things you've seen in schools where digital learning has really made a big difference? Or Well, yeah, I, I do. I, I think that um, the work that, that we've done over the last five or six years with blended learning, yeah. I think is absolutely changing the landscape. Mm-hmm. And you, you see the number of staff that are now coming. You see whole buildings that have went blended, not just in a grade level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I think the transformation of that is – we, we said, how do we use these tools to do a better job of instruction, not how this tool is instruction? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've helped people understand that. But in doing that, we, we've transformed the classroom to a personalized classroom for kids, um, helping to meet their needs instead of uh, developing a classroom that looks like we had out of the 70s. Mm-hmm. Well, our kids aren't from the 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're a different student in the classroom. So I think it it's definitely has transformed it, plus the fact that no matter what you do in our society today, when kids leave school, they're going to have all kinds of technology we're going to expect them to know how to use. So even if they're not using it in their daily instruction, they need to know how to do that just to survive in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a world. Right. It's a truly a world skill that everybody has to have. I mean, can you think of starting tomorrow, going out in our society, and say, "I'm not using technology anymore because I don't like it." No. We yeah. could survive, <laughs> right? <laughs> I right. Know. And I know. So, so it's really just an important life skill, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that that blended example is a is a great one because. You know, when, when people think about blended learning or what they think blended learning is when we have people join that class, sometimes they think, oh, this is going to be like a tech class. But mm-hmm. it's, it's really not. It's just about how we can use technology to facilitate the learning, how we can make things more efficient, how we can make things more, more personal, how we can collect oh. data on the students. And, right. Yeah. And I don't know if you're um, if you're having this this using this word yet in the tech world, but I've just been reading it in some uh, millennial stuff I've been on. Uh, fidgetal. Have you heard of fidgetal no. yet? Uh-uh. Um, they're, they're talking about the 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 physical world and the digital world and colliding, mm-hmm. and that our Generation Z, which is our kids in school right now and mm-hmm. graduating, and actually coming into the workforce, 
um, love the fidgetal world. They want to be physical. They want to be in presence with people, but they want to use their technology in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And that collide it causes us some issues mm-hmm. because sometimes we're not ready for that. You know, the, the things that kids can do with their with their phones and, mm-hmm. and all right. kinds of things. So, I think that's going to be a real challenge for us. Hmm. That's interesting. It yeah. is interesting. I have to look up that word. <laughs> So our next question actually came from Andrew Townsley on Twitter um, yesterday, and it's, it's a two-part question. So first of all, what are you excited about in education, and what keeps you up at night? You, you know what? I, I think what I'm most excited about uh, for education and AAs alike is that we're more focused on student learning than we've ever been. And I think that's a great thing. We, we, you know, at at the AA, we've said these are our, our goals and these are our priorities, and we're going to attack those with a vengeance, and we're going to put resources around those. And schools are doing the same thing. You know, if literacy is their most important goal, they're putting their resources around that. So mm-hmm. I think that um, that's the most exciting, you know, one of the most exciting things that I've seen. And the work we're doing on literacy and math and, and college and career readiness and even personalized learning, changing really the classroom, the landscape of what kids, and we're not, we're not there yet. Uh, we still have a lot of change that needs to be done to make it look different to what kids really need in that situation. But, um, you know, and I think about what keeps me up at night, and I, it, it is, uh, from a service agency standpoint, is are we providing all the support and help mm-hmm. that we can to make schools better? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think about, you know, in, in doing that, are, are we collectively meeting the needs of all kids? And I look at the amount of poverty and, uh, you know, that's out there. Um, and, and I look at um, the kids that aren't proficient in reading, and and it's truly we make the combination between that and poverty. And what are we doing to attack that? What's the funding that we're really making? I mean, we're making gains, mm-hmm. but for our kids that are in poverty, we're not making the gains that we need to make. Yeah. So I worry about how, how you know what are we going to do? How are we going to get better at that? Um, for, for these kids because every year they get a year older and they get a little further behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast on the way into work this morning by um, Seth Godin and he's talking about um, the infinite game and how, you know, I think that, that kind of sums up a lot of the work we do at the AEA. We, we never, like, win in terms of, like, okay, it's done. We've met all our goals and everything's done. Yeah, it's always going to be mm-hmm. a continuous thing that we're always looking to improve on and it's going to be, you know, we're playing the long game but, you know, we're taking steps along the way to make things better. Exactly. And I think we're going to have to uh, have a a bit of a shift. It doesn't have to be a huge shift, but a shift from all kids get equal service or support to equitable, meaning Mm -hmm. that all kids get what they need. Mm-hmm. Because, and, you know, we try to provide our services. We call it equity, but it's really equal. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets equal services. Well, some pe- people need more, some people need less. And we're going to have to get to equity rather than equal to serve these kids that, that are more high needs. So um, Joe Prussia from Benton also sent in a question, and she said, what leadership behaviors have you seen that have had the biggest impact in student learning and teaching practices? You know, I, I think it's been around our focus on, we, when we tried years ago, and, and that's continued around differentiation. And really differentiation was really about building relationships. 
And mm-hmm. so, um, but it was re- building relationships with kids and then having a real clarity around what we need to teach kids. You know, really understanding where kids are at and providing instruction for where they're at now instead of saying, this is what I'm teaching today. All students either get it or don't mm-hmm. get it. Right. But I think it's it's relationships and it's it's about um, clarity about what we, what are the big rocks? What do you want to, what do we really want to accomplish? But um we know that that teachers who provide or that have relationships with kids, with parents, with teachers, um, you know, that work hard out there. Um, you know, and I think just look at the best teachers. They have great relationships with kids, mm-hmm. every single one of them, and they're getting more out of it. So we just need to to emulate that behavior among a lot of people if we're going to really make a difference because that's where it starts. We talk about that all the time here, right, that relationships are so important. It's not any different than whatever you're working in. If you don't have good relationships, you're not going to make that next leap. You're not going to, you know, for a kid that's struggling, to know that the teacher really cares about them and wants to do the best for them, that makes all the difference. Well, let's continue that relationship yeah. theme then, because um, and you you have this great phrase here at Grant Wood where you say everything that we do well is because of relationships, and everything we don't do well is because of relationships. And uh, our colleague Amber Bridge mm-hmm. was wondering when when did you first come to to realize this to be true, and and what was the situation around that? Um, I think it really dates back to when I was in college and. Um, I worked 30, 40 hours a week at a, at a local gas station, but the but the professors that I had in class were coming into the station uh-huh. way different. And so building a relationship around and understanding how important that was from the classroom to outside of the world and uh, the differences, and then just so just then just being in the service industry, you know, you're you're building relationships with young people, with middle aged people, with senior citizens. Um, and you had to relate to all of them. You had to learn how how do you, how do you capture that relationship that helps do the work and helps them get something solved that they need from you. Um, you know, so I, I seen that early on, and then um, when I became a chief administrator, um, it become more intentional. I think you know you thought about it more because because it, it obviously is how we do our work, and we started talking about that phrase. Years ago, uh, at least 10, 12 years ago when I was in here, because it really is true. If, if, we, yeah. if, if uh, everything that we accomplish is because of relationships and everything we, we don't is because of the relationships of those involved. You know, what, what, what I um, have learned over the last several years is that, you know, we used to, we used to teach customer service, mm-hmm. which is important, right? Yeah, it's, one, sure. it's one of our core values. Yeah. But what's more important than customer service is, is building relationships, and when you build relationships and you provide uh, the people, the work in your organization with the correct resources and the support to do the job, customer service isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. People take care of customer service if they have what they need. Mm-hmm. But the, those relationships are, are really key to do, doing that. So, um, and, and the other thing that, that I've learned over, over the years and with whatever you're doing, especially in the service agency business, is that uh, relationships uh, provide grace. When we, we make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? If we if we build great relationships, people will, t- will take a pass on that. They'll let you off the hook, sure, because um, they know you're going to come back and you're going to do whatever you do, have to to make it right. Yeah, and that's why they're so important. Yeah, 
Maybe we have that relationship piece in terms of like, you know, what we do with our clients, with our school districts. But I think even within the agency, you've really helped foster a culture where, you know, people feel like they are part of something big. big and right, we, valued, we, have, right. we have those relationships with each other and we yeah. have relationships with our, you know, even our direct supervisors mm-hmm. and, and further up the chain that, you know, we have been you know one of the top workplaces to to work in in iowa or it's several years in a row now and so you know i think even within an organization or outside an organization then the relationships are are really important mm-hmm. yeah because i think you know building that environment here it just trickles out to where we go yeah definitely yeah, yeah, for sure. this is one of the best places i've ever worked i, yeah, I can say that is, for yeah, sure for I've, sure yeah you know it would well, be hard to talk and you know we tell that um when uh many may remember this jonathan wouldn't because i don't think i said it when he when he started with us but um he said you know whether you work for grant wood for a year or work for us for for 30 years mm-hmm. we want you to be able to when you walk away say it's the best place i ever worked right. yeah and um and I think in many cases we get we get there. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes we don't. We've, we we don't we don't always get that done. But that's we got to strive for that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're going to have a great workplace, that's what we have to do. And well, it's so- the responsibility of all of us. Yeah, it is. Right? You know. Yeah. And some of the mm-hmm. testament to that is you know we will have people that leave and go to other places. I mean that happens everywhere. But some of those people will come back because they know it's such mm-hmm. a great place to work here, right. and they know that this is a good place for them to be and do the work they need to do. So, Joe, you're kind of well known for your top 10 list of professional learning books. Um, what book would you say has impacted your thinking the most? You know, that's a, that's a, that's a great question, but a really tough question. Ooh, okay. uh, I went back over, uh, looked through the, the list last night, <laughs> six, 16 years of top 10. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, 16 years of wow. top 10. That's a lot of books. It, it is a lot of books. <laughs> and and uh, um, so I'm, I'm going to answer this question. This uh, not directly, okay. If that's okay, but I, I looked at some categories of books that okay. I thought were were really helpful in for myself and, and others. You know, probably the one book that stands out it's on the on the going back to two thousand three, the very first list was "Good to Great" by Jim Collins. Okay, and I think that was very impactful as a as a leader in a, in a service agency and how we took an organization from being from doing good work mm-hmm. to do great work, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then, uh, but in that category of leadership, I had like three or four books that I thought were just really good, like "The Advantage" by Patrick Lencioni, and, and that really helped us do our our work around our our playbook and our goals and priorities here at the agency. And uh, delivering happiness by Tony Shea. He's the uh, CEO of um, Zappos. Yes, and uh, and he's about building culture. So I learned a ton from him about that. Hmm. And then Collins takes it to the next level about great by choice, and how we not only take an organization where we want it to be, but we keep it there. And we make some of the right decisions. And then finally, Simon Sinek and last year's was start with why. Why do we do this work? Mm-hmm. Why do we care? Why do we come here every day? It's not. It's not about the how, the goals, and priorities. They're really important, but it's really we get up, we get up every day to come serve kids. We come here to serve school districts and serve each other to make sure people have what they need to really make sure kids leave schools, um, you know, ready to go out in society and make a difference. That's why we work here. Not not because every kid's going to be. Um, proficient in literacy. That's really important, mm-hmm. but it's not the why. So love, love uh, Simon uh, Senek with that. 
And then, you know, in the education world, uh, I've been more, I've leaned towards leadership in my books. Everyone knows that and relationships mm-hmm. yep. and that sort of thing. Um, but, but there's two books in there by Fullen. Way back early in my career, uh, it was a moral imperative school leadership. It was okay. a great book. It had a, it, it really impacted uh, my thinking about what we needed to do and how we need to move some things forward. And then lately, his latest book, Coherence, uh, which is really uh, the shape of are we doing the right things now around the work that we're doing. So in another area is around generations, and I've had a, a, um, a desire to make sure that the workplace is different for everybody that works here. Mm-hmm. And trying to say, you know, because we're all different. If you're a boomer, if you're a Gen Xer, if you're a millennial, and now the Gen Zers are, that are coming into work, yeah, and and that's thrown me for a little bit of a loop. I didn't know the Gen Zs, <laughs> I, I, you know. know? So, so I've been reading about that, and that's where the fidgetal uh, word comes from, yeah. the Gen Zs. Um, but but there was all kinds of books like Millennial Rising and When Generations Collide and. Um, Millennials in the pop culture and, and Gen Z at work. So they're all on there. Gen Z at work is actually the one that's coming out, which is not released yet, the, oh. the, new, the new list. And then um, I don't know why this is a peek to the new list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we'll, we'll get to the new list. So. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, and then um, uh, I don't know why I made this its own category, but the Heath Brothers, all the Heath Brother books, uh, Chip and Dan Heath uh, with um, was made to stick, switch, decisive mm-hmm. and moments. And Moments is on the 2018 book list, and maybe the best book by Chip and Dan Heath. I thought it was so good, I bought it for all the cabinet members. We're going to talk about it in, in June nice. uh, at our book retreat. Study. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then I think that we all have to continue to take care of ourselves personally. Mm-hmm. And there's been some impactful books that I've looked at over the time. Um, Eat, Move, Sleep by Tom Rath. Yes, I read that one on your recommendation, and that that really stuck with me. That one because I have I go I need to go back and read it every so often just to remind myself of how you should be taking right. care of yourself for sure. Yeah. A great and, one, and they're great strategies. And it's not a buy this is not by a nutritionist. This is by yeah. somebody just living life, you know. Yeah. Um, and then making hope happen. Um, uh, another one that that was a, a great Gallup uh, writer, and then finally grit by Angela Duckworth. And, mm-hmm. and you know. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and, and of course, the research is out there now that grit has more to do with your success in mm-hmm. life than your intelligence, mm-hmm. yeah, or where you go to school, mm-hmm. or all those things. So, um, so, so that's been fun for me. And you know, sometimes, and and many on this list, uh, colleagues had said, "Joe, I read this book. You might want to look at it. it might make your top." And, there, and I've had colleagues <laughs> last year. Last year, Stacy Bieber, uh, one of her books, "The Gold Rules," made the list, and we joke about that because right. my colleagues have said, "Thanks for that suggestion. You're on the list this year." So, um, so yeah, it's been um, you know. So I, I did list one, but uh, there's just lots of good books out there. Tracy Marshall wants to know uh, what you're reading right now, or what the last thing you read was. Well, the the last thing I read, so it's been the most impactful right now, is Gen Z at work. Okay. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out this difference between Generation Z and Millennials. And some similarities, but there are some differences that that we better become aware of real quick as they enter the workforce. And mm-hmm. they're already entering the workforce. We're just treating them like Millennials, and they're not Millennials. Mm. Right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Nice one. Interesting. And so the uh, top 10 list for 2018 is coming soon. Is that right? Yeah. In fact, uh, um, it looks like it'll come out today in, in our oh. blog mm-hmm. or and come out oh. in our um, our uh, staff update. So yeah. it'll get yep. out there. But um, uh, really, it's, it, this was a fun year. Um, some good books. And, and you know, my um, – my, um, 
Cub fan followers out there. Uh, there's even a book on there uh, this year. Uh, David Ross, who uh, was the catcher for the Cubs when they won the World Series, they were a backup catcher, uh, um, but he wrote the book Teammate, and, and uh, that made the list because it's it's a it's a great book about baseball. Mm-hmm. But it's a great book about when I think of our work around relationships and how you help each other become better at your job. David Ross explains it really well. If you want to be a great teammate, mm-hmm. these are some things you ought to be doing, and. Uh, there's often a sporting book somewhere, or one or two. I know oh, yeah. we, had, we had the Michael Phelps one. We had yeah. a couple of other ones. So, yeah, good ones. But, uh, uh, you know, heading that list is, is uh, Chip and Dan Heath get on there with moments. Mm-hmm. Daniel Pink, uh, which has been – had several books on there. Uh, Win is his new book. Yes, I like that um, one very much. And, and really a quick read, but it's really impactful, is by uh, – um, Admiral McCraven on Make Your Bed, if you've heard that, you know, Make mm-hmm. Your Bed. And it's really, he. It was, it was one of those, a couple of these are graduation speeches turned right. into books. Mm-hmm. And, and Make Your Bed was a graduation speech turned into a book. Right. And, and actually, Wait What by James Ryan. One I got from Ryan Wise, actually. Right. Uh, so I give Ryan credit. I said, <laughs> Ryan, this one's yours. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so... Um, Always fun to to get the uh, top ten list out there and and you know help people with looking at some things that might help them in their in their uh, personal and professional development. Great. Well, we'll definitely uh, link to those in the show notes and mm-hmm. let people see the full list. Yeah. Um, Still a few on there who didn't quite. Did you notice he didn't release the whole list? I know. We're oh, just, yeah. we're just some some we're taking a look at yeah. over the table some, here. Some we can suspense. see them. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so more to come, and there's some there's really great ones on there. Yeah, so. good. Is this something you hope to continue in some format after you've left the agency? Are we going to still get a top ten from Joe Crozier or not? You know, that's that's really is a good question, and um, I, I put it as it all depends. It all depends yeah. on how much professional work that I do outside when I leave Grant Wood, and I do plan on doing some work. Mm-hmm. So if that lends itself to my work. Um, I may be a guest top ten list oh, somewhere mm-hmm. in the future. So right. that's my hope. Yeah. Keep an eye on your Twitter yeah. feed or yeah. things like that. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So as we look ahead, um, what do you think might be the biggest challenges that educators are facing today, and how might they tackle those? Well, you know, number one, it's it's we have to deal with the funding situation in schools. Right. Um, Right now, um, we're better off than others. When you see what's happening in Oklahoma and West Virginia, um, and you look at uh, the the books that they're using and the, their facilities, we're not at that stage by any right. means. Um, but we still do have a funding problem. We have an inequity problem, too, with funding and how we uh, really um, – look at kids that are in poverty and kids that are not uh, proficient and how we're going to d- deal with that. So I think funding is a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it goes then it goes beyond that though. It's still it's still doing real work in the schools. How do we how do we bring personalized learning um to every kid and not just some that are really trying to do it great mm-hmm. work but but how do we do that for everybody and how do we change that? I mean, we still have high schools that look like they were in the 70s. Right. Um and you know, but but we see some encouraging practices, but we're not scaling them like the CAPS program that's in uh, Waukee or the big school that's here. Yeah, um, those are encouraging practices and what kids really want now. Um, if you ask a kid going to a regular high school today, 
he'll he'll basically say that or she'll say that's a waste of their time. That's mm-hmm. the way they view it, a waste mm-hmm. of their time. Um, but if they're going to the big school or to CAPS or Advantage or some of those that are running across the country, then they're excited. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go to work. They're ready to get their hands dirty. They're, they're putting more time than you expect them to do. So how do we make that? How do we scale that? You know, big Big's reaching out to... Well, let's say maybe even, maybe even 200 kids. Mm. How many kids do we have in the high school in the corridor? Yeah, yeah I know. We're not even close. Right. No We're way. not even close. Mm-hmm. So that that's a tough one. And then you know, then how do we uh, make that leap from the digital world to the physical world? Because kids want both. Mm-hmm. They want that person in front of the classroom for part of it, but they don't want them to talk to them for a half an hour and lecture to them. Mm-hmm. But they want that guidance from them. Um, and then how do we create multiple pathways for kids in the future um you know i graduated and maybe you did also thinking your parents expect you to go to college and get a degree Mm -hmm. and the degree was your pathway to success in life right Mm -hmm. and for all for many of us it was it Mm -hmm. really was yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's not necessarily the case today in fact many gen zers don't believe that going to college is going to help them at all in their career Mm -hmm. because they've seen the number of people that have made it without doing that and or the 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 kids that the millennials that came out with a pile of debt and now they're working in a job that's not even in their field that they went to college for mm-hmm. um so we have to and, and i'm not saying college is not as is, is no longer should be considered because i think it's a it really higher ed is really important for for a lot of skills but there are things out there that kids don't need uh all about higher ed it, it could be um you know careers that through a two-year degree or a technical degree or um you know many kids that are out coding have yeah. a two-year degree making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year mm-hmm. um the, but we have to start to recognize there's other pathways out there yeah i mean right. well you talk about those people that were successful and didn't go to college or they went to college for a while and they dropped out a lot of those are those like tech entrepreneurs and people like that right. you're yep. zuckerbergs and mm-hmm. yeah. you know steve jobs and, and all those kind of people like yeah, yeah, they're making it yeah. big without. So they're, those are the kind of role models I think their kids are having today and, and thinking about. Yep, I agree. And, you know, I I, I think, that, you know, um, we, we have a lot of debate on our, is the is the future in, in good hands or not? Are the people coming out of school going to – I think the future's in great hands. I look at the millennials and, and the, the Gen Zs coming out of school right now and, and their beliefs and, and what they want to do to not only – um, change the world, but do the right thing, and and really uh, come to a job and 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 do the hard work. Yeah. Uh, sure, it's different. They don't believe that they ought to work eighty hours a week anymore, like or sixty hours when mm-hmm. you're starting out. Um, but that's okay. Heck, most of them are more efficient. They don't need to work that long anyway. Yeah, they get the right. job done. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I think that um, we have a lot. We have a lot to deal with. But I still think that we're we're moving in the right direction, and, and the the leadership that's going to come in the future is is uh, in great hands. Should we finish with a couple of fun questions, Mindy? Sure. Okay, so I was thinking of this last night, and I had seen Jason's tweet, and I thought, I wonder what Joe's best analogy is. My husband is like infamous for giving me analogies all the time. Do you have a baseball analogy for education? Well, yeah, I do actually. You yeah. know, when you think about. Um, the great teams, and they talk about the clubhouse mm-hmm. or the atmosphere on this team is different than others and, and we're closer. Well, what they're really talking about is a great team has a great culture. Mm-hmm. Their relationships with each other, the way they treat their teammates, the way they go to work and being accountable, 
that's the same thing that we want to have in education, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A great culture then lends itself to people bending over backwards when, when people need help to do something. They pick you up. They pick their teammates up. Um, you know, when, when somebody's down, when somebody needs something, uh, when they have something in their family, whatever it is, that's the same thing. And great organizations, you see that. Great organizations don't happen because they they went out and paid for the the high, you know the greatest players. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't mesh together, if they don't become a great clubhouse, like you don't become a great agency and workforce, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to get there. So yeah. I, I do yeah. think that that analogy does work, and and uh, and you know they're all competitive. We're competitive in this work, but it's really mm-hmm. still about that culture and the relationships that you form. I think it's a great way to end it up there, Mindy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe, uh, thank you very much for your time. Um, we know you are a very busy person with lots to do, but uh, we were glad that we got the opportunity to talk to you before uh, you moved on to the next chapter in your life. Thank you for all you've done for us at the agency, and uh, thank you for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, on to the next part of our show, Tech Nuggets. Wiley, you're up. Thanks. Yep. First one I've got here is Timeline.ly. It's Lee. Timeline.ly? You think? Okay, the website is timeline.ly, but yeah, when you go there, it looks like timelinely, mm-hmm. which is kind of a hard thing to say, really, um, which I thought was interesting. I, I saw it from uh, Larry Forlazo, who has a great um, blog, mm-hmm. if you're not already following him. You basically paste a YouTube URL into timelinely. Okay. And you can create interactive experiences by adding um, comments that appear on the side or pictures, or links, or maps, or other videos, mm. and basically other stuff you can link to. So it made me think about, you know, I don't know if you do this or not, but there's this whole kind of like two-screen experience that people have. I think when they're watching TV now, they're watching TV, but they're also like yeah. on their phones as well, or mm-hmm. something like that. That's me. And yep. mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of multitasking, like one screen is not enough. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe for kids today, one screen may not be enough. So, mm-hmm. hey, you can watch a video and see like things pop up on the side there that will be more like not random. Like video? Um, is it like pop-up video? You maybe. don't know what pop-up I, I video is, I don't know is, what do that you? is, okay, no. Well, I'm, I'm much younger than you. an American you. experience um, later. <laughs> yes. So you, as a teacher, could choose relevant things to appear. So I guess maybe similar to things like Edpuzzle mm-hmm. and things like that, where you Video you know have yep. things like that. Yep. But um, in this one, you choose what you would like your students to have on the side of the video, nice. and it adapts to any screen, and it mm. is free right now. Good. So I love how you add right now. You're so jaded. Yeah. <laughs> After Padlet in today's meet and everything else, it's, <laughs> I don't know did where to go. <laughs> pound your chest. I did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my first tech nugget today is actually um, one from Barb Miltner, who works at Xavier High School here in Cedar Rapids. and. Yep. Hi, Barb. Um, she shared Wheel Decide the other day. We were giving away prizes at Tech Coaches, and she's like, oh, you need to try Wheel Decide. And what Wheel Decide is kind of like a Wheel of Fortune board, and you click in your options, and um, you can do it to put your students' names in, choose groups that way, things of that nature. 
Um, the other thing I thought about using it, you could use it for probability, um, mm. fractions, things like that, since it's a perfect circle, obviously. You can talk about um, what? Yeah, so I made a demo, the EdTech Takeout demo, and I put your name on one side and my name on the other. So you can play if you wanted to. However, this this is what's life-changing. I, I've done it twice <laughs> now. My name's come up both Shocker. times. <laughs> so what you can do, though, is um, if you're in Wheel Decide, is down at the bottom, there's dynamic wheels. And you can choose restaurants around me, and it will pull from your location and put what? restaurants... Yes, so you can put restaurants from close to your location and it'll plop them into the wheel and it'll help you decide where you want to go for lunch. This is exactly what our team needs. You should have seen Gina and I's face when she showed it. We're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is what we need. Yes. So some of the other dynamic wheels, events around me, which in Cedar Rapids is probably not riveting, but um, in box office movies and movie rentals. So if you have a hard time deciding what to do on date night, Mm. pull in this EdTech tool. Mm Mm-hmm. Good to go. Or just go see the Avengers because it or was very good. just go see the Avengers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also embed the wheel. So that's kind of fun, too. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like know. it. Now we're going to be able to go for lunch without having to argue or stare at each other uncomfortably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my next nugget is one that I happen to find kind of randomly um, while we're at our Building Bridges conference okay, uh, which we had here at Grantwood um, two weeks ago maybe mm-hmm. it was our assistive technology conference it was mm-hmm. yeah and I don't know how I happened to stumble across this but I happened to do it at that conference because it made sense and it is from Nestle that's what I'm like is this Nestle or is it actually Nestle it is the real Nestle okay like the chocolate people uh-huh. and other food stuff that they do and they put together an accessibility website to help you work out what the built-in features are on your device and i always think this is a good thing that people should know if you're one-to-one with technology or you have devices in your school you should be familiar with you know what the accessibility features that are built into your device are agreed so it has things like you know Maybe you need help, I don't know, hearing sound. So mm-hmm. you tap on hearing sound and it's, do you want hearing options for your phone or tablet? Do you want it for your computer? Mm-hmm. Do you want digital signers? Do you want all this kind of stuff? And it's cool. got all this like flowchart type of deal built in where you can find out all the accessibility options in your device, whether you're using a Chromebook or an iPad nice. or a Windows computer or whatever. So wow. it's just a fun link to have, yeah, a good reference to have. Sure. So it's called My Computer, My Way. Okay. From Nestle. From Nestle. Yeah. You just never know. You never know. Um, My next tech nugget is actually a YouTube show. And I debated about whether I shared this or not. So you'll have to tell me. Um, Have you seen the Kids Invent Stuff YouTube show? I have not seen this, no. I can't remember if I've shared this or not. So if I have, I apologize. That's why I have three on the list today. Is this the one you were giggling uncontrollably about this morning? So it kind of reminds me actually of the Think, Make, Innovate show. Shameless plug for Think, Make, Innovate. Um the um, Amber Bridges Think, Make, Innovate YouTube show. You mean the Amber Bridge and Mindy Carney? No, it's still Amber Bridges. I'm just helping. Anyway, so um, they, the two hosts put out ideas um, around a theme of some sort. So the one I was giggling at today was wearable technology. And then they have kids send in ideas of, um, for example, wearable technology. And so there's like drawings and they send in videos and then they choose a couple different ideas 
um, to actually make come to life. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, and actually it's a three-part series. The one I watched today was three parts. Um, So it showed all of the ideas of the different kids. And then the second one was them actually creating the wearable technology. And then the third one was the one that I was laughing at today because they're actually wearing those pieces (laughs) um, out in public and like out with their friends, which was super fun. So uh, just kind of a fun way, I think, to get kids creative and maybe thinking about things differently. And they also just showed um, as they were making like different makerspace stuff, I like they were soldering holes in this sounds dangerous, actually, um, Mm -hmm. soldering holes into a coat because they were sewing in LED lights and the coat was too fluffy. I mean, just lots of different problem solving, but they also showed that they had failed, which I thought was really um, great. And then ways to kind of fix their problem. So really good kind of maker mindset stuff. So this is a YouTube channel, correct? YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a fun one. Could show that one to my kids at home, I think. Yeah. They'll be Saturn before you know it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of fun and interactive stuff. Yeah. um, Last nugget is a shared nugget. The last nugget is a shared nugget. Would we get half each on this one? Half a nugget each? Yeah. Um, I saw Leslie Fisher tweet this, and I yes. sent it to Mindy because I know she is a big Emoji mm-hmm. fan. I am. Yep. Tell us what it is. So um, it's this new AI project from Google, and it's an emoji scavenger hunt. So they give you an emoji, and then you have to run around and try and find something that matches that emoji. So, for example, my first one was a shoe. So the shoe pops up, and yes. then you have to run and find a shoe and then put it in your screen, and then the right. AI reads it as a shoe, and then it gives you another one. So you allow access to the camera on right. your device, yes. whether it's yep. like a tablet or a phone or right. a Chromebook or whatever you want to run around right. with. Easiest is a handheld device, though. A mobile I mean, device is, is better, yes. <laughs> um, but it is a lot of fun, isn't yeah, it? It just throws fun. up a random emoji, and then if you pointed at something like a banana and it will say no it's not a shoe <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah. and then you have to keep looking so yeah. it's good it's good I like for it. up and moving and yeah yeah you talk about those qr scavenger hunt things and yeah kids love emojis so yeah it could be if you got five ten minutes at the end of the day you want to yeah. just brain uh, break take a brain have break some fun teamwork all kinds of things you can do with that you could do that in teams i like that yeah idea. yeah, yeah. But it is timed, so there is a little bit of a sense of urgency about it, too. Which is yes, fun. there is. But you get yeah. extra time if you get them right. You get is them that right? right? Yeah, you get yeah. more time. And then I think maybe the emojis get harder, too. Yes. So. All right. Emoji okay. scavenger hunt. Emoji Try it out. Hunt. We'll put yep. a link on that one. Yep. Um, well, speaking of fun, I'm just going to throw in a quick podcast pick, um, okay. which I found, which is for kids oh. in the classroom, and it's called Pants on Fire. Oh. Yes. Nanana boo-boo. No, that's stick your head in doo-doo. What's your liar, liar, pants on fire? <laughs> that's the one. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm with you. So it's it's a game show-based podcast um, where they um, have two adults on the show. Okay. One is an expert on a topic and one is a liar <laughs> on a topic. That sounds like this podcast. <laughs> 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 yes, it does. Yes, right. Um, but then they have a kid come on, 
and ask questions to oh, the adults. Cool. And the kid has to try and work out whether which one is the expert and which one's a liar, basically. Yeah. So they have different topics on there. And some of them are like science based, and some of them are just like, you know, natural world type stuff. So yeah. they had, I had listened to one with uh, my son uh, in the car the other day, mm-hmm. and it was on um, martial arts oh. because he lives, you know martial art type things we will listen to one on primates they have one on drones photography chess and it's just fun game show style yeah. thing they make it very light-hearted yeah. and so if you're looking for a, a podcast that is educational for your own kids or for the students in your classroom then yeah. pants on fire is is a good one the episodes are less than 20 minutes long but fun. um that would be super fun idea like for in your classroom to do a podcast because you could like do stuff with like characters in a book or have oh yeah i mean you could you actually could. Yeah. you could actually play that game and create your own mm-hmm. that's your a good idea how long games. are the episodes are they short less than 20 minutes oh perfect yeah it's a car ride it is nice uh so that's about all we have time for this week i'd like to give a big thank you to joe crozier who was kind enough to take time out of his busy day and talk to us um we had a great time talking to him yeah. and we always learn a lot um, mm-hmm. when we talk to him I am at Team Carney on Twitter, and Jonathan is at Jonathan Wiley. Our team account is at D-L-G-W-A-E-A. That's for digital learning at Grantwood AEA. Don't you always say that you'd think people are like, what does all of that mean? That alphabet soup? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can also use our hashtag, hashtag EdTechTakeout to tag the show. But if you prefer, you can send us an email to podcast at GWAEA.org. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.